0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's Stepping Stone. Basically, this is a space for us to go deeper and reflect on our conversation from earlier in the week with Casey Lewis, while also having some fun, too. We talked about what teen magazines taught us, and there is so much to discuss. It was such a fun conversation. I'm your host, Ingrid Nilsson, and I'm here with our producer, Christina Cleveland. Hi, Christina. Hi. All right. What has been in for you this week?
1: We're recording this on May 1st. So I guess I'm just this week feeling a sense of kind of a clean slate and also maybe some optimism. What about you?
0: I feel strangely flustered today. I think it's because I don't know. For me, I feel like my schedule has either been prolonged periods of slowness and then these short bursts of, oh my gosh, how is there so much stuff to do in such a short period of time? And so. Right now, I feel like I'm entering one of those, oh my gosh, there's so many things to do in such a short period of time. And so I'm feeling a little flustered today. So I guess we're opposites today. (laughs) I want to absorb some of your energy.
1: I think I'm just in this, the beginning of quarantine I think was so difficult. And I think time was moving slowly at the beginning of quarantine and then April hit and I just don't even really know where it went. But I'm feeling like with May, I want to set some intentions. So that's one of my ins for today is being intentional about going into this month and starting a new month and what I want my focus to be. And it's a lot of what we've already been talking about on the podcast, but I feel like I often write down an intention in my journal and then never really look at it again. It's not visible and easy for me to recall, and then I'll get to the end of the month and I'm like, oh yeah, I vaguely remember that I wrote that down. So for this month, what I am doing is I want to talk to myself more kindly, treat myself like I would treat younger Christina. So already what we've been doing and talking about, but in order to make sure that I don't forget that I set my phone wallpaper as a photo of me as a child so that every time I look at my phone, which now is all the time, I can see that adorable little face and I'll have to show you the photo, but in the photo I'm wearing like a matching floral set. So flowers on top and on bottom and pink shoes and I'm standing in front of some flowers and It's partly the angle, but maybe also just the way I was at that time. But my head looks huge. I look like just this doll or cartoon character. And I just did it this morning. But since then, every time I look at my phone, it's like a happy little chuckle.
0: Oh my gosh, I love that. That sounds like the sweetest little picture ever. And I love the visual of all the flowers too.
1: Yeah, it's what I need right now.
0: Oh my gosh, I know. I feel like that is the one thing that has really kind of been a consistent thread of optimism for me is seeing natural life coming back outside. The trees are so green right now and they still have their little baby leaves and some of them are just starting to bud but a lot of them are green and the grass is just so soft and fluffy it's that like fresh spring grass with all of the beautiful flowers I feel like that picture is spring baby Christina
1: yeah I was actually worried because I was thinking maybe I'll have to get my mom to send me a photo from home that I can use but then I was looking through my phone and saw that one and I was like oh this is the one. I
0: love that. That's such a great idea. What a great reminder. I should do that for some optimism right now because I'm just feeling like I can see it in my shoulders right now just on the screen. I just feel tense and flustered. And in for me this week is something that I actually mentioned in the newsletter that came out today, but I thought I would mention it here too because I feel like it has been such a big part of this last week. Erica and I started a slightly different weekday routine. I don't know if I want to call it like a routine. I mean, it was a routine this week, but it was more like an experiment to see what happened. But we decided to not watch TV at night during the weeknights and to read instead and talk to each other and just not watch TV or be on our phones or anything. And it ended up being really lovely. We normally would start by eating dessert together on the couch. I have this homemade cookie dough and we've just been making a few cookies a night and we'll have fresh baked cookies. And then we sit and we talk and Tato's hanging out. And then we just go into the worlds of our respective books. She just finished a book called All the Light We Cannot See which is i believe historical fiction and i just finished stray by stephanie dandler which is a memoir and i loved it and we both finished books this week and that just felt like such a victory to finish books that we were really loving and then to have that time where we weren't watching something because i was just noticing that watching things during the week was really stimulating me and also just making me a little bit more jittery and I would feel anxious and I think coming out of the week where my mom was in the hospital my nervous system is very much in recovery and so I've had to drink less coffee and so I just had to be more intentional about what I'm consuming whether it's you know the caffeine that I'm consuming or the content that I'm consuming and just hanging out on the couch and reading together has been lovely. We do it for like two, at least two hours every night and it feels so good.
1: When I read the newsletter, I loved that part of it. And actually on our walk last night, I said to John, I really want to do this thing (laughs) where we (laughs) don't look at screens after dinner and we just read our books. And I was like so enthusiastic and excited to start. And he was like, well, maybe we can ease into it. Maybe just a couple of hours and maybe not every weeknight. And so I had to really take a moment to be like, okay, I suppose I'm supposed to compromise here. This is not just a one person thing, but now I'm hoping that I can start doing that.
0: Yeah. It's been really nice. And I feel like you can figure out kind of you know, what works for you. Like we started this as an experiment for one night just to see what it would be like. And then as we kept going, we really liked it. And, you know, four days out of the week total, we're not watching TV at night. And then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we can like watch TV at night. And we're also allowing ourselves to be flexible with that too. Like if something wants or needs to change, we're gonna do that too.
1: Yeah, I'm- going to try and also (laughs) channel that flexibility but I definitely went into it like this is gonna be our new routine (laughs) (laughs) this
0: is it this is it do you have any books that you're wanting to read or you are reading and you're
1: really liking I finished a book last week the gifts of imperfection by Brene Brown and I finished it in like four days. I really just spent the weekend reading and I haven't read a book that quickly in a really long time. It was because I joined a book club, Talia Delju's Inner Work Book Club, and there was a meeting on Sunday. And so I had to buy the ebook and read it immediately in order to go to the meeting, or I didn't have to, but that was just the pressure I put on myself. So now I'm very encouraged about being able to start and finish a book. So I'm currently reading the fifth season, which is the first book in the Broken Earth trilogy by N.K. Jamison. And it's a sci-fi book, which is something that is also new for me. I don't normally read sci-fi. Unfortunately, it's hitting a bit close to home because it's about like this natural disaster and people are talking about going into lockdown and in the world that she's created, this is a normal occurrence. They call it seasons and it happens over and over again and different civilizations die out over time and it just, it's really feeling like maybe this isn't the escapism that I thought it would be, but I'm enjoying the book. Yeah, that does sound really interesting and also
0: eerily close to home. Isn't that so interesting when something has been written and then it somehow seems like it exactly matches what we're experiencing in life in this moment.
1: It is interesting seeing it as something that this author kind of predicted, but also it feels like even though she's using different terms and different words that she's made up, it also feels a lot like she's pulling from history. So it's kind of got a looking back and looking forward feel to it.
0: Oh, that's so interesting. I'm reading a travel book right now since we can't go anywhere. So I'm reading a book about Paris and my mom and I were supposed to have a trip to Paris in May that both of us were really looking forward to. My mom has wanted to go to Paris her entire life and I was going to take her this month in May and obviously that's canceled and so Now I'm reading this book to just immerse myself in this world of Paris in this book that came out at the end of last year.
1: What else is in for you? Another in for me is I don't know if this is so much a choice. I think it might be hormonal, but I've been very into online shopping lately. I've just been like searching and I'm really into Etsy right now and also getting into eBay a lot more. And so I've just been doing all of this imaginary shopping because I haven't actually been buying anything, but I'm enjoying the process, like the creative process of thinking about what I would like to wear. And yesterday I did allow myself to make one purchase, which was these vintage pastry forks that are coming from France. So I don't know when they'll arrive, but I'm very excited for when they do. And they have these green, almost malachite looking handles. And I've just decided that I want to start a collection of vintage cutlery and it can be mismatched. So I'm just going to have like different colors of this same type of cutlery. And It'll probably take a really long time, but I'm starting with the pastry forks.
0: So what does a pastry fork look like? Does it look like a regular fork?
1: Yeah, they're just a little bit smaller. So that's why I'm confident I'll still find ways to use them.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, my gosh. I want to see these forks when they come in.
1: Yeah, I'm... So excited, but also reminding myself that it might take a long time. And they're used, so I don't feel guilty about consumption. They were only $10, so I don't feel guilty about spending money. I found a really good niche that I feel really good about beginning a collection.
0: Yeah, and it seems like something that is also really creative, too, to be able to slowly over time cultivate this cutlery, which sounds really cool. Erica would be so into this. Like She would go online and start helping you find things.
1: Well, I welcome it. The brand is an Italian brand, so I'm just trying to collect everything from this one brand and have all different colors and ages of them.
0: Oh my gosh, I can see it now. I'm going to leave this recording and tell Erica that you're looking at pastry forks and she's going to start Googling. (laughs) I see it now. Okay, so another one of my ins, when Erica and I have been watching TV, we actually fell in love with a show called Friends from College. It's on Netflix. We weren't expecting to like it so much. We have definitely just watched a lot of things and have kind of reached that point where we're starting to disagree on like what we should be watching because I like watching things that are more kind of rom-commy i like older i mean i like contemporary movies too but i was going through this period of wanting to watch 80s and 90s movies and erica has been more into contemporary suspense and drama and so neither of us were really expecting to love friends from college but we laugh so hard in every single episode each episode i think is 30 minutes long and it's about these friends from college that live in New York City. They're reunited with each other because two friends who weren't living in the city moved back. And so it starts off as all of the friends coming back together to celebrate that they're all in the same city. I think they went to Harvard together, if I remember correctly, but there are just so many shenanigans. There's also a pair in the group There's a married couple, and one of the people in the couple is having an affair with one of the other friends, and it's been like a decades-long affair. Like They were together before the person that they're married to now even existed in their life. It's really just, there's a lot of things happening in the show, but I love it because one, it shows New York City before quarantine. And I love that because I feel like I get to see Manhattan. I haven't been to Manhattan in almost 50 days now. And I love seeing just the city being so alive and the characters are just so funny. And it's a really light show. And the things that they do and say are just so ridiculous and erica and i just look at each other thinking what are we laughing at right now like we are laughing at just the most basic things but it is so funny fred savage is one of the characters and he is surprisingly so hilarious in this show There were definitely some moments where Erica and I were just really like hunched over from laughing because of his character. So it's a really great laugh out loud show, but it's also a very specific kind of humor too. So you're either going to really laugh or just not be into it.
1: That sounds right up my alley. So I'm going to have to look into that because I've never even heard of this show before.
0: Yeah, I had never heard of it either, but there's two seasons. So we're making our way through the first season and it's just delightful. And it also just, you know how there's that humor where when you laugh at things, you're like, am I a bad person for laughing at this? Because if this were actually happening in real life, I would be alarmed or I don't know what I would be thinking but knowing that it's not real and in a show and having these outrageous and outlandish characters they're just so dramatic it's just so funny what's another in for you
1: so my next in is also related to comedy it's called too funny to fail and it's a documentary on Hulu about the beginning and end of the Dana Carvey show. So it's set in the time when Dana Carvey had just left Saturday Night Live and he was given his own show and sort of free reign to hire whoever he wanted and do whatever he wanted with the show. And all of the people that he hired were nobodies at that time, but now they are like, the top comedians, names that we all know. What it seemed to me was The Artist's Way by Julie Cameron. It was like that book personified all of these people who were just really living out their creative visions, despite what executives were telling them, despite the audience hating what they were creating, they just kept going. And I just loved the message behind it. I don't even know if that was the intention of this documentary, but I just kept thinking about the artist's way while I was watching it. And also the way that this was considered a giant failure for all of them in their careers. And they all felt like their careers were over at that point, but seeing now, because we all know these people now, that they went on to have very meaningful careers. They've all gone on to create even more. And the ideas and the skits that they had way back then have played into things that they've created and have become famous for. And so it really just felt like a lot of what we talk about, I think, with like the breadcrumbs and being able to connect the dots when you look Back on what they had created in the past. So the whole time I was watching it, I was just like, this is art, this
0: is creativity. Oh, that's so cool. I'm going to have to watch that. That's what I need to see right now. It's so interesting how people get labeled as, this is it, you're done because nobody likes what you're doing. And it's very much based on external factors. And to know that they kept pushing. Forward and they kept making what they felt like they needed to be making is just so cool. And that it was finally recognized in a meaningful way, on a meaningful scale,
1: too. Yeah. And I think it's all about them creating the meaning from it, looking back. That's something that I've been thinking about more is you live and go through whatever you go through in the moment. But then it's up to us later to look back and create a story or meaning out of it.
0: Yeah, and I always think about people who are masters at what they do and they've been making music for a long time or writing for a long time. And when you do get to see documentaries or moments from their past where they were still very much honing their craft, you see so much of their current work in their past work, and you recognize those breadcrumbs, which is just so cool. And it also makes you realize that it's always being developed. It's always being honed. It's not just this stop period, and now you're a master. That is it. I think if you stop honing it, you become stagnant and you feel stuck and you stop understanding what's happening inside of you and listening to that inner voice you're really creating for what you think other people are expecting from you or what you're known for
1: yeah and that none of this is wasted even if something may on the outside appear like a failure it's not a wasted experience
0: yeah oh the artist way i'm on book three now I just keep going with the artist way. Just keep going. Julia Cameron feels like my mom or someone now. She's like a family member. And I just feel like I need her with me every single day of my life. And so I make sure that happens. My last in is sing-alongs. I have really been enjoying bursts of dancing and singing with Erica. And... Recently, we have really enjoyed playing ABBA. So we played Dancing Queen. I just had the song stuck in my head and I decided to start playing it. And then it turned into a spontaneous dance party. And then doing the dishes the other night, as part of our no TV time, we listened to Britney Spears while cleaning up the kitchen and like cleaning up the table after eating dinner and oh my gosh we listened to something from every one of her first three or four albums and wow was that an experience
1: it was so much fun wow I first of all need to play some Britney Spears today but my final in is dancing so I love that singing and dancing was yours I um have plans this weekend to do two different Ryan Heffington classes. And if you're not following Ryan Heffington, he's this dancer choreographer who's been doing live dance classes every morning. It feels to me like they're not really aimed at dancers or people who've ever really danced before. It's really just to have fun. He also reposts the videos of people who've been taking his classes and they all just look like they're having the best solo dance party in their living room. There was one where he had created like a scenario where you're going to a photo shoot. So everyone's wearing like blankets as scarves. And someone was wearing like a bike helmet and sunglasses inside and like disco pants. And it just looks like so much fun. So I've made plans with two different people that I want to do a Ryan Huffington class with. And I'm expecting that it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm also thinking, I don't want to create the noise that my upstairs neighbors have been creating for me. So I'm like, how do I not do that? for my downstairs neighbors, but those are my weekend plans.
0: Oh my gosh, that sounds like so much fun. I was actually just thinking the other day because Erica has been wanting to take a dance class. I was wondering if there were any options that were good. So now I'm going to tell her about this.
1: Yeah, you should definitely check out Ryan Huffington.
0: Oh my gosh. And I can guarantee you will not be as loud as your upstairs neighbors, 100%. (laughs) 100%
1: I think that's probably true actually because I have done a bit of his dancing already And I was even in that moment being mindful of my steps So I think you're right Plus you also have experience doing
0: yoga too So you know how to have a lighter touch So I feel like you're good
1: That's true What's your first out?
0: So I pretty much have one main out this week and it is predictions about when quarantine will end and everyone saying something different because that just gives me so much anxiety. This has just been a theme throughout the week, whether I'm just walking by a random person outside who's like having a conversation with a neighbor or walking Tato and I hear someone on the phone or I overhear a call that Erica's happening or someone that I directly know saying something or reading something. It just feels like there are all of these predictions out there, and they're all vastly different. Some people are talking about June. Other people are saying fall. Other people are saying next year. I need to let all of that go because it has given me so much anxiety because I have heard that and then taken it on and then I start getting nervous about it, whether I think it's like too soon or I think it's really far away and I'm like, oh my gosh. And So I keep trying to bring myself back to none of us actually know what's going to happen and I think right now I... Am more okay with the uncertainty than all of the random predictions that are just so all over the place because those actually give me more anxiety right now. And so right now I'm just trying to get myself to the place where I'm like, okay, I don't know. And nobody else really knows. And it's going to take time to understand when and how that's going to happen. And that's just what it is. But I think like hearing that information as if it were like the singular truth just over and over and over again was really confusing and just caused a lot of anxiety. So I'm letting go of that this week.
1: Yeah, I really think that All of the predictions that have been happening, whether it's predictions around when things are going to reopen or how this is going to affect us, really, to me, speaks to our collective discomfort with uncertainty and just not knowing. Yeah, I know. And
0: the one thing that I'm really proud of in terms of just a personal pride point for myself in this whole scenario around like the predictions is just noticing that i am much more okay with the uncertainty now than i was before so all of these fluctuating predictions are actually much more uncomfortable for me than living in the truth of just what the uncertainty is and being in the reality of now. And so I see that as a vast improvement from where I was, you know, weeks ago. What about you? What's out for you?
1: So my out is picturing and expecting the worst to happen. So this morning I was journaling and I had this thought of, I'm so excited to start a new month. I made it through a month at home and this is my blank canvas. But then there was this fear voice just flickering in my brain and saying, what if you look back at this journal entry and laugh because little did you know that something terrible was about to happen this month. And it made me think about what I had just read in Brene Brown's book. And she wrote that expecting the worst and worrying is like a way that we try to protect ourselves from pain and shame but that it doesn't work. So I'm trying to keep in mind that just because I picture something bad happening, or try to prepare for the worst to happen, it doesn't actually make it any less painful when it does happen. So I'm choosing to be excited about the new month. And I'm trying to keep Renee Brown's words in mind. And remember that picturing it doesn't make it less painful, it might happen. And I'm aware of that, but just going through the motions of feeling it ahead of time isn't going to help me.
0: You know, I just have to say I'm proud of both of us for our perspective shifts that have happened just in the course of this quarantine. I bet if we go back and listen to past episodes, we will be just astonished with how much has changed just for us personally. I feel like Both of us have made a lot of progress, just the fact that we definitely have more awareness and it probably has to do with being in this space longer. So we're gathering more information and just learning more about it. And yeah, I think that is huge to be able to recognize when those thoughts are coming up and then also acknowledge that if, you know, your worst fear were to happen, it wouldn't diminish the pain of it and to have acceptance
1: around that. That's so big. Actually, I was thinking about this because I think in our first ins and outs, one of my outs was having long hair and I had come very close to cutting my hair several times in the beginning. And in the last couple of weeks, I've really just come to a place of acceptance I'm wearing my hair in different ways. I've been wearing my hair in braids and two buns and like watching a few hair tutorials and experimenting and really just embracing the fact that this is the length of my hair right now. I would rather embrace that and like have some fun with it, especially in this time where no one can see it. So if I try a new hairstyle for a day, it really doesn't matter if it looks good or not good or if it's attractive to anybody because it's just my creative way of getting my hair out of my face for today.
0: Yeah, I have been experimenting with hairstyles. I do like having longer hair because I can do just more things like buns and I can have a real ponytail. Now I was thinking about trying out a braid because now my hair is long enough to do that. I think the one thing about my longer hair that is just really getting to me is that it's dry because I just haven't had a haircut in months. And I had already just pushed out my haircut longer than I normally do. And now it's just at the point where my ends are just really dry. And that is the only thing about my hair. That's where it's getting to me, if it does get to me.
1: Something that I like to do for that is to, when I'm doing a face mask, also do a hair mask. So I'll put a deep conditioner into my hair while it's wet and then put a shower cap on because the body heat that you create heats up your hair inside the shower cap and it creates like a little spa for your hair.
0: Okay, perfect. I'm going to do that. I will report back because I'm going to give myself a foot scrub this weekend because doing yoga and stretching has just, I mean, I feel like I always look at my toes a lot because I'm doing yoga and stretching But I just feel like I'm much more connected to them now. And I'm just like my feet could use a little bit of attention other than me just like looking at them. So I'm going to do little foot scrub this weekend
1: my feet are a disaster
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know well I was just looking at them and I was like you know I really have not spent time with you other than just looking at you and kind of judging you so let's spend some time together and see what's happening here but I feel like a foot scrub will just be good because they just need moisture my whole body just needs moisture like my face is oily which it just always has been but the ends of my hair are dry. My scalp is oily. It seems like the rest of my body is just dry. So there's a lot of different
1: ecosystems happening here. Luckily, you're well-stocked.
0: Yes. So I'm going to do a deep conditioner with a shower cap this weekend and also a foot scrub, and we'll see how that goes. All right. Shall we talk about the conversation with Casey diving into teen life? Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh, this was so cool to talk to someone who has been diving into the magazines that we grew up with. I mean, I just loved hearing everything from, you know, the things that didn't age well to hearing about the now very well known women who were in the magazines as teenagers. I was all about everything.
1: Yeah, that hit me too, because as much as I didn't want the products that were in teen magazines, I never really imagined that I would own those items. But the people in the teen magazines, I did very much think like, oh, I want to be like her when I grow up, or I want to be like her when I get to college. And having the understanding now, like, those were not regular girls. That really does help put a lot of things into perspective.
0: Yeah. And I think also when Casey said that, for example, in Teen Vogue, you know, they were talking about Chanel bags and things like that. It just made me realize, oh, that's one of the reasons why Teen Vogue wasn't really that appealing to me when I was younger, because I felt like when I opened it, it was a world that just wasn't like mine at all. And that's why I gravitated more towards Seventeen. And I don't know if they showed like Chanel bags. I don't remember. I don't have magazines with me, but I do remember there were definitely things that would be within my price point, like a face wash. There was a lot of Neutrogena and things like that at that time. And also understanding that different magazines were talking about different products and different price points of products too was interesting. And to just understand, oh, that's one of the reasons why I never felt super connected to Teen Vogue when I was younger
1: i loved teen vogue i think teen vogue was my favorite and i also liked like women's vogue and i think those now looking back are probably signs of me wanting to like look older be cool read like the grown-up magazines
0: yeah that's such a good point because that was another reason why Teen Vogue was difficult for me. I mean, they had beautiful styling in that magazine with the clothing. Everything was, it was creative, beautiful designer clothing that you're looking at. But I really loved kid things. And I remember being at the age where my friends started reading adult women's magazines. And I very much still wanted to be reading the teen Magazines. And I kind of just started hiding it because it wasn't cool to be reading the teen magazines. But I loved the world of being young and being a kid. And I did like looking at the photos in Teen Vogue, but I remember it was definitely one of those magazines that I would get every now and then like if a dance was coming up or something and I wanted something different to look at and their stories were also really good in Teen Vogue too they had great
1: writing yeah this kind of brought up a memory that I had forgotten about but I remember also trying to read Cosmo and my mom was so against me having any access to those adult magazines and It's clear to see why, but there was a time when I went to visit a friend, and when I came home, I had a Cosmo magazine, and my mom was so angry at me for carrying this magazine publicly for other people to see that I, a teen, was reading Cosmo.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah, I remember the parental image of Cosmo very clearly, because I had a somewhat similar experience when I was on vacation with a friend's family. I was with them at their summer cottage and I remember sneaking, I don't know how we got it, I can't remember, but we somehow snuck a Cosmo magazine and we were like devouring it in our room because we were sharing a room with each other and... We got in so much trouble. Like the adults were not happy when they found out we had a Cosmo. But I also remember flipping through it and I was like, what is this? (laughs) Like the thing we were obviously the most interested in was the sex stuff. So we flipped right to the sex stuff. And then it seemed just not what I was expecting
1: at all. Yeah. I'm wondering now because you had asked Casey that question about were the teen magazines as bad as... remembering them to be. And now that I think of it, maybe the teen magazines, of course, they were flawed, but maybe the really harmful messaging was from the adult magazines that I was reading, like a lot of the content around getting boys or men to like you, and this is okay, and this is not okay, and what your body should look like. A lot of that messaging was probably coming from a Cosmo, maybe more than a 17.
0: Yeah, I definitely remember things that were around, you know, like how to please him. And so one, first of all, still very much on that heteronormative track. And two, not really considering female pleasure. And if it was considered, it was always kind of like a special edition, you know, like the regular content was about like, pleasing the man. And then every now and then maybe you'd get something for yourself. But first and foremost, it was about the man. So I absorbed that as a teenager sneaking Cosmo. I was like 13 when we snuck that Cosmo magazine.
1: What else came up for you? Something that I had completely forgotten about until Casey said it, but the embarrassing moments. I remember being obsessed with reading those embarrassing moments from the magazines. But I remember getting the magazine home, flipping to the back and reading the embarrassing moments with my best friend. And it really alerted me to all the things that could go wrong in my day-to-day life. Even if it was going fine, I was always just on edge like, is a magazine embarrassing story about to happen to me? And of course, They were almost 100% of the time related to your crush or a guy seeing you do something embarrassing. So that's a whole nother topic. But because this memory came up, it reminded me that I had actually written an embarrassing story and sent it into a magazine one time. Do you remember the story? I think it had something to do with toilet paper and being in a bathroom. And I know that I embellished it. It wasn't exactly as it happened in real life. Like it might have happened, but a crush or a guy wasn't there to feel embarrassed about it.
0: Oh my gosh. I love that. The embellishment, because you're like, I want this to make it in. So I'm going to fluff it up a little bit.
1: And now I'm like, how many other people were embellishing their embarrassing stories?
0: I know. I am curious about that. And, you know, when she mentioned the embarrassing stories around your period getting on your clothing that was totally true and like how they would tell you to like wrap a jacket around your waist and i remember that in high school especially being this huge fear for so many people around me it was like the thing that you were terrified of and it would turn into A school wide story. If there was someone who I didn't even know in another class who I'm not even connected to, if they got their period and it like got on the chair or got on their clothing and everyone in the school would find out about it and it was like, oh my gosh, how terrible. And so now I just think to myself, if that were to happen, I would just be like, well, that's what's going to happen. And sometimes it does. And that's okay. But we were just so afraid. We were just so afraid around like every corner. Was there something awful coming for us?
1: That definitely dictated a lot of what I chose to wear. Like whether or not I would wear a light color or wear a skirt or wear tight pants. It was all me trying to think if I get my period, is it going to show?
0: I think the Moment that that changed for me was probably when I was in my early 20s and I was wearing colored pants, but they were lighter And I got my period as I was getting on a plane. And when I sat down, I just looked between my legs because I was like, I feel like there's something happening. And I looked and there was blood there. And that was the moment where I just accepted it. I remember not loving that, you know, I was in a confined space and I was not prepared with any pads or anything But i also remember just being like this is what my body is doing i don't need to try and hide this from other people i just need to figure out where and how i can get a pad and i remember like walking and it was on my pants and i was like i'm just doing what i gotta do people you board the plane and i'm gonna go look for a pad so i ended up getting one from one of the flight attendants but that was The first moment that I remember just being in like acceptance about my period being on my clothing and
1: like people being able to see it too. Well, I don't have a moment like that that I remember, but I do definitely wear, like I have white pants and I wear them on my period now all the time. Like it really doesn't bother me.
0: Oh, gotta say in those moments, I'm especially thankful for Think's underwear. It just makes having a period so much more comfortable just in general,
1: I always feel like a walking billboard for thanks because that's what I'm wearing when I'm wearing my white pants.
0: I know. I love wearing my thanks during my period. And I actually get sad when I get to a point where I don't have any more, like I have to wash them. And then there's like a day or half a day where I don't have thanks underwear to wear. And I'm just sad about it. But they're so good. I love them. I
1: just wish I had them when I was younger. Oh, me too. Well, I'm on my period now. So this is very top of mind for me. But I've been wearing my things. And I also think this is what's causing me to want to shop so much. And this is something that I've searched on the internet for someone else who has either researched this or even just anecdotally other people who've experienced this, but I can go the entire month without having any thoughts about shopping. And then all of a sudden one day I'm like, oh my God, I need to replace my oven mitts. I need to buy a gift for so-and-so. Like it's not even just shopping for myself or shopping for clothes. I just have this sudden urge to like buy things. And then I get my period. And that's what happened yesterday.
0: Oh my gosh, that's so interesting.
1: Yeah, and I haven't seen it documented anywhere, but I feel very strongly that this is consistent for me.
0: Anyone out there, if you experience this, please let us know. I would personally be interested to know. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's really interesting, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, I think that's going to be it for today. Thank you so much, Christina, for sharing all of your ins and outs and reflecting on the teen magazines with me. And of course, thank you so much to everyone who's out there listening. If you'd like to share your thoughts, you can email us a voice note at onesteppodcast at gmail.com. All you have to do is use the Voice Memos app or the Voice Record app, send us a voice note, and you might just hear it on the podcast. While you're hanging out here, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can find One Step on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at One Step Podcast to stay up to date. Thank you so much to Christina, our producer, our sound engineer and editor, Tung Chen, and my studio, my lovely closet in New York City. Take care, everyone, and we'll talk soon.